Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talk of Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. And good afternoon and welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special episode of the pod. As you could tell by the theme music, my 277-day gag order, speaking or talking or commenting on anything Philadelphia 76er related is over. That is right. It is over. As of about two hours ago here on the East Coast, all the hopes and the dreams and the prayers of every Sixer fan, well, mostly every Sixer fan, every Sixer fan that knows what the hell they're talking about, at least, was answered in the form of a trade. That is right. Ben Simmons was traded today to the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets along with Steph Curry and Andre Drummond and two, uh, two draft picks, the 2022 first round and the 2027 first round draft picks to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for James Harden and Paul Millsap. And we can all now breathe a sigh of relief. And I can finally talk about the Sixers, man. God, 277 days from the day that I said I was done with this team and this player until Daryl Morey did the right thing and traded Ben Simmons. And today, finally, he did that. And I'm, and I'm glad to be back to be talking about it. And to be honest with you, it's been a long 277 days. A lot has happened that I did not comment on because I had I I felt very um, resolute not speaking about this situation because of what he did. And when I refer to him as Ben Simmons, is borderline. I mean, it's not borderline. It is. It was cowardness. It was. Um, it was entitlement. It was. I'm spoiled. And it was a, a, of course, a not a team first attitude. And what an example that Ben Simmons is providing the young people of today by his actions over the last 277 days. But you know what? Now he's Brooklyn's problem. Okay. Now he is the Brooklyn Nets problem. And I get to speak about the Sixers. I get to talk about this basketball team who's actually about halfway through their season. Let's put it in some context, folks. I. Imposed this gag order on myself a day after the Sixers lost the game seven in the second round of the playoffs to the Hawks back in June. We have gone in a complete offseason and a complete half a season since I, of course, was going to speak about them. And there has been a ton of stuff happening. And I have had the luxury now and a captive audience, you, to go back and give you my two cents worth on all of it. I get to recap it all here today 
and then we can move forward and we can include the Sixers. I can be a four for four guy once again. And boy, I am absolutely 100% thrilled at that prospect. But let's turn the clock back, shall we, to June. Now, I'm going to get into all the X's and O's involved in the Ben Simmons trade. I'm going to get into the ups and downs or the pros and cons. Did we get a good deal? Did the Nets get a good deal? I'll get into all that here in a moment. But let's turn the clock back to June, shall we? And it was literally the day after uh, the Sixers had lost to the Hawks in one of the most cowardly ways and one of the most timid ways uh, possible that you would expect an NBA team to lose. And that was, of course capsulized by the infamous play of Ben Simmons down there underneath the net. Uh, could have went up strong, pounded it at home, but instead decided to kick the ball out to, uh, to Thibault out there on the wing. Uh, you know, didn't want to take the shot. Thus, and we all know what happened after that. And then what came from that was uh, the, the statement from Doc Rivers, or sorry, Glenn Rivers, because there is only one Doc in Philadelphia in basketball, and that, of course, is Julius Servant. But then Glenn Rivers, uh, his comments after the game, when asked if Ben Simmons is a championship-caliber point guard, and Glenn Rivers stating that at this time he doesn't know. And then, of course, we'll get to what he did. He walked that back a few months later. But then we get into the offseason of all the speculation around, around that. But we got to go back a little, a little further before we can really put this in the right context. we got to go back to about a year ago, about this time last year, okay, in order to properly put this into context. We actually got probably have to go back a little further than this time last year, maybe around the time, oh, I don't know, when Daryl Morey got here, when the newly minted at that time president of, the, of, of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Morey, arrived on the scene that is where this drama began. That is where this mess started. For those of us who have been Sixer fans all our lives, and those of us who have suffered with the ups and the downs of this team throughout the years, when we looked at the Joel Embiid-Ben Simmons combination, I was excited about it, and, and everybody else was excited about it. But over the years, the painful reality of what Ben Simmons was in terms of what type of player he was began to take shape. And, of course, what do we do here in Philadelphia? Well, gee, what we always do in Philadelphia, we run from the reality of things. We make excuses for our athletes. We we start, you know, just kind of pumping ourselves up with some falseness and some, you know, things to make us feel good about, about the situation. But Ben Simmons was what he was. We just failed to understand and realize that. But Daryl Morey saw maybe something different, maybe saw the reality. And from the minute Daryl Morey arrived, it was very clear that he was attempting to move ben, move on from Ben Simmons. Now, I want to put it in more of a regular day perspective, right? So you're say you're working at a company, and you've been working there for about five years. I don't know. And when you were brought there, you were brought there, you were recruited, you were touted, there was a bidding order, uh, you know, for your services. There was all this stuff. And then since your arrival at the company, you've been elevated and given things and, you know, you're the future, you're the face, you're all those things about the company. And then five years later, a new boss arrives. Now, your performance over those five years, at times stellar, at times less than stellar. Kind of inconsistent, all right? There's some things you do really well. There's some things you don't do really well. And you don't, and you also show a lack of wanting to work on the things you don't do really well. You, you show that tendency not to want to do that. And you take criticism pretty pretty personally and, you know, pretty much like a baby. All of a sudden, a new boss arrives. 
And this new boss from the day from the outset is pretty much saying without even saying it to you because he doesn't want to get to know you. He doesn't even want to introduce himself to you. He doesn't want to like bring you in, talk to you, give you his outlook on what he sees your future with the company of being. Instead, from the very beginning, this new boss decides, you know what, I'm going to try to move on from you. and I am going to aggressively try to move on from you. And that's what Daryl Morey did when he got here. There was no doubt about it, folks, that Daryl Morey was aggressively seeking a trade for Ben Simmons last year. And I remember leading up to last year's trade deadline in the NBA, the back and forth, literally the minute-by-minute updates we were getting of the two-team bidding war or the three-team bidding war between the Sixers, Nets, and then, of course, obviously the Rockets for James Harden. It was going back and forth. This team was offering this. This team was offering that. The Rockets were countering with this. The Rockets were countering with that. And at the end of the day, it was the Nets that tipped the scale with a trade that was really, really tilted in Houston's favor. But reportedly during that process, during that bidding war, or during those tentative, tense hours of that day leading up to the trade deadline last year, Daryl Morey went as far as to tell Ben Simmons personally, brother, thank you for everything you've done, but this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing right now. We are attempting to trade you. We are moving on from you. And in this day and age of social media and in this day and age of instant gratification and in this day and age of instant news, I am certain that Ben Simmons was at a point where, you know what? Hey, the hell with it. I want to go. Now, Daryl Morey, at the end of the day, failed to move on from Ben Simmons last year. He failed. And on the surface of that failure was a player that allegedly didn't seem phased by it. We all know that not to be the truth now. He was deeply phased by it deeply impacted by the ramifications of the Sixers saying, we don't want you, we're aggressively trying to move on from you. And what would happen after that, the second half of that season and into the playoffs of last season, was some of the most uninspired basketball I've ever seen from an alleged superstar ever perpetrated against any sport. Now, whether or not Ben Simmons sandbagged it, whether or not Ben Simmons threw a tantrum, or whether or not you agree with what Ben Simmons' point of view here was, and I'm sure if one day Ben is going to have an opportunity to sit down and tell his side of the story of all this, I'm sure he will. And I'm sure Daryl Morey will sit down and tell his side. I mean, I'm sure that day will come someday, but it's not today. But what would ensue after all that was this rhetoric back and forth. And of course we got right up to the playoffs last year. Now I wasn't feeling the Sixers as a legit championship contender. There were moments where they would play really well, but the bottom line was Ben Simmons. We need him more. Now, whether or not he was unable to provide that more because of character or heart issues, or if he was unable to provide that more because he was pissed off at the Sixers, whatever the case was, or, you know, he wasn't able to provide that more because guess what? He's just that, that not that type of player. Because even before all this, there were, you know, Ben Simmons was losing a lot of supporters for his lack of shooting, his lack of being able to hit a goddamn three throw, his lack of killer instinct around the hoop, his lack of wanting to step back and take a five-foot jump shot. These things manifested themselves long before last season, right? And I don't think, because I know I was on board last year with a trade. I wanted him gone last year, and I was really upset that they couldn't pull the deal. Now, allegedly, the Thibault, Maxi, uh, oodles amounts of draft picks in the future was the deal breaker. They weren't able to, they didn't want to put those two individuals on the block 
and Daryl Morey, you know, wasn't was not willing to part with them. That is allegedly what the tipping point was um, as far as the Sixers not being able to move on from Ben Simmons. But then we had what we had happen last year in the second half and in the playoffs. And such the sour taste and the venom that was, you know, beginning to be spewed on both sides of the aisle for the situation. So Ben Simmons goes home. You know, they, they blow the they blow the Hawks series. Ben Simmons completely cowers in the limelight. Whether what were the motives of that, we don't know. I like to believe, and I I think it's all three of the things that I mentioned. I think it was character. I think it was I'm pissed off. And I think it was I'm just not that type of player. I think it was all three of those things that kind of came together, and that is the real Ben Simmons. What we saw in Game 7 last year, what we saw, especially in that Hawks series last year, was the real Ben Simmons. That, that, that most definitely, in my opinion, was. So then over the summer, you know, the, then the drama really begins. And then it's about, okay, we got to move on from him. Um, is he going to be traded? How is he going to be traded? Is Daryl Morey going to make an aggressive move to, to make a move here this summer? You know, th- th- this is what ensued all summer long. Is he going to come back to the Sixers? Is he, you know, is, is he, what is his future here? What is it? Now, as the summer progressed, we saw pictures of Ben Simmons at Wimbledon. We saw the obligatory hype videos of him in the gym shooting three-pointers and, and all this other nonsense about his shirt on. You know, all that crap we, we began to see again. And people in this town were, frankly, done with it. I was done with it. I wanted him gone. And I, you know, and I still hold on to that. Because I don't think, I, don't, I, I think there's some character issues. So as we get closer to the start of this season, and it doesn't seem like there's any movement going on, uh, the Damon Lillard uh, trade, partners, the um, C.J. McCollum trade partners. I mean, all these names get thrown out there. Now, the one name that wasn't thrown out there was James Harden or the Brooklyn Nets. But that was the big thing. But at the end of the day, the season began. Ben Simmons was still a part of the Sixers. So then he returns. He returns and, well, he doesn't come from any camp. He doesn't want to meet with the the players that they texted him, hey, we'll, we'll come out to L.A., we'll sit down, we'll talk to you, we'll get you back, we'll do all the things that we have to do, you're, you're our teammate, blah, blah, blah. Ben doesn't want any of that. Training camp begins, Ben is a no-show. Then the Sixers pull the whole, okay, well, if you don't want to come, you know, contractually, we're now we're going to fine you. So Ben shows up at training camp, has practices videotaped with allegedly him with a cell phone in his pocket of his sweatpants. I mean, just this, this bullshit, this bullshit baby tantrum crap that i also blamed glenn rivers for too you're the head coach of this goddamn team now there was an instance where he dismissed him from practice one day and said go but that that whole cell phone in the pants pocket nonsense that's glenn rivers you're the head coach of that team if he wasn't going to be if he was going to be a cancer or if you 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 had issues with his character to have that filmed to have him in practice gear filmed with with a cell phone in his pocket once it just Glenn Rivers is a, Glenn Rivers is a clueless coach, right? So then, then you know the Sixers they find him, they send him home. Um, conduct on you know detrimental to the team, you know very to like nonsense, right? So then Ben fires back with the help of his representation over there in clutch that he is mentally not ready to begin the season. Now this is where it goes to a whole nother level of babydom, okay? 
Mental illness is a real thing, folks. It is a very real thing. As a soldier, um, being put in some very tense, high-tempo situations, it is a very real thing. And I, we don't know, obviously, yet, or probably will never know with HIPAA and whatnot, whether or not Ben Simmons was bullshitting or being a baby or using that as a shield. And I guess time will tell about all that. But he pulled the mental illness card. Now, you know, was there some truth to it? Yeah, he was scared. He was scared to face the Philadelphia media. He was scared to face the Philadelphia fans. He was scared to face his own damn team. But he pulls the mental card and says he's not prepared to play and that he will. Um, but it was viewed as a way of trying to get out of being fined. The Sixers evaluated him. Everything was deemed to be okay. So then the fines began. $20 million, in excess of $20 million of fines was levied against Ben Simmons throughout his hiatus of not wanting to be part of what was happening with the Sixers. $20 million. Now, in the meantime, the Sixers began their season. They began their season with maybe a little bit less of an identity that they had last year. They began their season right off the bat dealing with a lot of COVID issues, you know, players, players were missing mega amounts of time for COVID and, and they, they kind of got off to a slow start, but then they kind of found themselves players like Maxi stepped into their new roles. Players like Andre Drummond, who was brought in here to be a backup to Joel Embiid stepped into his new role. The team began to find its identity. And here we are, Sitting at this moment in time on on the trade deadline day, the Sixers are now thirty two and twenty two. They are in first place in the Atlantic Division. As far as the conference goes, they are sitting fifth, only two and a half games out of the first place Miami Heat. Folks, I think in retrospect, what the Sixers have endured this year so far, whether you blame Daryl Morey, whether you blame Ben Simmons, to be in this position right now with a whole half a season to go two and a half games out of the first place position in your conference, bringing in James Harden, who, of course, now on the James Harden side, here was a player last year who wind his way out of Houston. And here we go again, not even a year later, wind his way out of Brooklyn. Is there character issues on that side? Now, the dynamic between the Sixers and the Nets, a little different. Kyrie Irving's not here. I don't even want to pretend to know what all that's about up there. Maybe James Harden just felt that, you know, the Brooklyn Nets were a sinking ship and he needed to get off. He had basically told the Nets that, you know, you, you don't have to trade me. I mean, whatever. I'm just going to do my thing. And then in the summer when it's my player option year of my contract, I'm just going to not opt into the new deal and I'm going to leave. So the Nets were now forced into a position to where they had to possibly do some damage control and then trade James Harden. All these things aligned within the last month or so. And then the speculation between James Harden and Ben Simmons began to grow. On one side of the coin, the Nets are saying, we're not moving him. He's Steve Nash. Is, you know, he's our guy. He's not going anywhere. On the other side of the coin, Daryl Morey, a, a position he took since the fall, said, listen, I don't have to move Ben Simmons. We'll sit on Ben Simmons for the next four years if we have to, because that's how long he's under contract. I'm moving him for a superstar in exchange. I'm not going to trade him for a bunch of role players. And all this kind of came to a head about two hours ago when the deal was finally done. James Harden is now a sixer, and Paul Millsap is now a sixer, and now uh, 
Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond are now members of the Brooklyn Nets. How will this trade be viewed by the basketball gods and how this trade will be viewed by Sixer fans worldwide is unknown at this time. And we'll have to wait for the second half of this season and the playoffs to come and go. Now, on another side of this trade, within an hour after the news was broke that James Harden was traded, James Harden then released a statement saying that he was going to opt in for the 2022 and 2023 season. So he did exercise his player option on his contract. I imagine it was part of the deal from the very beginning that we would get a full season out of him next year. So James Harden is here now under contract for the next season and a half. And the window officially is opened. There's no more excuses, folks. This is it. This is the Sixers' attempt to make a move for a championship. If in the next season and a half, we don't raise at least one of the championship trophies, I think it's finally time to say that the process was a bust. I think that this is the last nail in the process coffin. And now it's time. It's time for it's time to see some results. It's time to see some results. And I could not be happier for everything that has transpired over the last couple of hours. It really pained me not to be able to talk about the Sixers. It really pained me not to be able to talk about NBA basketball. I am a huge fan, right? I'm a fan of the Sixers. I've always been a fan of the Sixers. There's one thing in this world I want to see more than a Flyers win a Stanley Cup or the Eagles win a Super Bowl, and that is the Sixers to win another NBA championship before I die. And that is what we are now in prime position to see and to achieve. And folks, I want you to go ahead and circle this date on your calendar. Thursday, March the 10th, 7.30 at the Wells Fargo Center, the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. Will Ben Simmons play in Philadelphia? Will he step on the court that day? Will he be mentally ready to play? That's all going to kind of play itself out too. On that night, Thursday, March 10th, 2022 at 7.30. Game is nationally televised, by the way, on TNT. Now, it was set up to be that way from the very beginning of the season. They haven't made an adjustment. But that is the game that Ben Simmons will return to the Wells Fargo Center and face the Philadelphia 76ers for the first time as a Brooklyn net. Folks, rejoice. Time to celebrate. He is gone. That man is gone. We can now breathe again as a collective fan base. Let's go Sixers. Let's go push this thing over the top. Bring home the championship and say goodbye to that baby forever. Listen, folks, it's going to do it for me. Until next time, always a pleasure. Be on the lookout for me, of course, on the Edge of Philly Sports Network every Tuesday night at 830. And also on this show. We have big, big things coming up on this show. Uh, Super Bowl weekend, a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Had to come in here, though, and talk about this. Huge news. Ben Simmons is gone, and I can talk about the Sixers. See ya.